Can the bots get into position for a full climb? Five seconds to go. Game over. Everybody clap your hands. I'm watching a live stream of a competition in Huntsville, Alabama. And six robots in a confined pit, three blue, three red, have been chasing yellow cubes to pick them up, grab them, put them into their respective pens to score points. Meanwhile, there's an equivalent of a big metallic teeter-totter in the middle that serves as a scale and the blue versus the red team works frantically to load as many yellow cubes on that scale to outweigh the other side to gain additional points. This is March Madness for robotics teams all over the country. And on this episode of Beyond My Day Job, we're going to talk with one of the mentors who's been doing this for well over a decade in New Mexico. And he's going to bring us firsthand into what it's like to start up a season, bring us to pre-game day, game day and share with us the aha moments that these kids gain as a result of being on a robotics team from a standpoint of mechanical engineering, creative arts, electrical, technical, what have you. Stay with us for our next episode. We're going to talk to Rick Pierce on Beyond My Day Job. Rick Pierce. Whoa, Lonnie, how are you today? I'm doing well. How's New Mexico? A uh, beautiful sunny day here, like always. Like always, unlike Michigan. Thank you. <laughs> Which you no longer miss, I know. Left the rest of us in the sand or in the yes. snow for no. you to join the sand. Don't miss the rain, snow, slush, <laughs> none of that. None of that. <laughs> Excellent. <clears throat> Have uh, you been watching any of the basketball games with March Madness upon us? Well, I'm not a huge basketball fan by any means, but I did catch the NMSU game against Clemson last night and was not surprised to uh, <laughs> see NMSU uh, fail. But they did a great job by making it to the uh, to the uh, March Madness. And, okay, you know, uh, great accomplishment. Right. Football did even better this year. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, I take it they're out though. Excited yeah. been watching. Yeah. NMSU is out for this year. Got it. All right. Well, I know it's a busy part of the month, uh, not because of basketball for you, which is why you uh, were so kind to join Beyond My Day Job. You've got a different type of competition coming around the corner, if I'm not mistaken, around uh, your robotics league, right? That's correct. Yes, That's we, we will be going to competition the last weekend of March. Okay. We've been building uh, robots here since the Kind of first week of January or so. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so. The uh, where are you going to have to travel to? This this year is our shortest trip ever. Um, so we're going to compete in El Paso, Texas, which is just about fifty miles away from here. Okay. All right. Um, in the past, we've traveled uh, as far this way: Houston, to hmm. Phoenix, Denver, and Lubbock. Love it. Okay. I was live streaming one of the competitions this morning 
um, that was taking place in Houston. So That's I got where we had win our first year. Okay. All right. Got it. Well, I want to jump into this because you've been doing this for, I mean, north of a decade, if I'm not mistaken, in terms yeah. of being involved with it. So yeah. for, for the benefit of our listeners, um, why don't you just kind of tell us what, what this is about. So when I say Robotics League, why don't you uh, clarify for, for everyone else? Okay. Well, so I'll start way back at the beginning. So okay. Uh, BattleBots was my first robotics con- uh, competition, and that was, you know, individual, not uh, not as part of a team necessarily. Yeah. We uh, back then that was back in two thousand one. Uh, so, and even before that, I had interest in robotics. But uh, coming out of that, a um, few years later, two thousand three, actually, my uh, my older brother had contacted me and said. Hey, there's a, a robotics competition, a team forming in your area. You should go help them. And he had been helping the same organization, mentoring his my nephew, his son, uh, okay. for about three years at that point, I think. Um, so a series of uh, coincidences. My wife happened to be a, uh, a visiting social worker at that school. Okay. She phoned a point of contact, said, Yep, here's the name, gave him a call, and they said, wow, somebody called and volunteered to be a mentor for our team. What, what kind of <laughs> nut is this, really? Um, and, and it's been uh, continuous since then. Okay. So right. far, we're at, uh, I think this is our 27th competition that we've been involved with. Uh, not always as a competitor, sometimes as a sponsor. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh just for, for everyone's benefit, just while we always talk about your ho- our hobbies, our high effort hobbies, but tell me what you generally have been involved with that kind of got you in this community of robotics with, uh, you know, um, I mean, I, it's with high school um, students, I know, but yeah. to, what's what got you into that? What's What's been your background that even made this really, um, you know, useful for your hobby interests? Yeah, so, so I, I mean, I've always growing up, I was a tinker, uh, took apart most tools that I, most toys that I ever received, you know, built cool stuff with uh, erector sets, et cetera, going, growing up. Um, the um, went to uh, interested in uh, robotics when they started becoming popular, in the, or not popular, I guess, common, more commonplace in the workforce, or high school years in the 80s. Um, so ended up uh, going when I was in college for a mechanical engineering degree. Okay. Uh, did a couple of robotics classes at the end. Uh, but, uh, the only way I could afford college is I went through uh, ROTC. So I spent the next few years in the Army on active duty, about nine years, and then uh, worked for the Army as a civilian now. But, so I've been a frustrated mechanical engineer kind of for <laughs> quite a while. For quite a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're... I didn't uh, first didn't have the ability to own my own tools to build what I wanted until I became a civilian, um, and also you know that wasn't what I was doing for any of my work. Um, so, so uh, this you, you are made, a great outlet for me right. to uh, start use it as an excuse to start acquiring my tools um, and uh, you know build cool stuff and uh, get to help kids and uh, mentor them along the way too. It's a pretty great experience. It's uh, often I talk to my friends who are into major hands-on hobbies and the theme of 
get more tools always comes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, when I was, so when I was in the army, I did, uh, you know, acquire some tools on way, primary woodworking tools. And that's the stuff that's a little more accessible anywhere. And, uh, when we get into this hobby, then it became, you know, welders, milling machine lays. So oh, okay. It goes on and on. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, All right. So who are... to have a mentor friend to compete with too, you know, who has the most tools. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're not only beating to beat the other bots, you're beating the others with their, <laughs> their tool stash. Who, are, who are, so tell us about the kids and, and the actual, uh, participants who, who you're really mentoring. So, Give us a give us a you know day in their life. What's going on with those kids? So um, most of the, you know, the team that I mentor directly is a high school robotics team. Okay. Typically, our team has about twenty to thirty students participating. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about the history, how the team got started, I guess later. But the um, currently, our we have, we do a district wide team, so anybody in high school throughout the entire Las Cruces uh, school district is mm-hmm. welcome to come join our team. Uh, I'm not sure what the split is here. We actually build at one of the early college, the early college high school in town, which is a uh, obviously a college prep school. Okay. Uh, the um, so majority of our uh, students are from that school. Um, but and mostly interested in science and technology, but some of them are just uh, participating because there's other business aspects they can use. It's a fun competition, and they're uh, been there for several years. So okay, all right. So, but there is a defined team, right? That you you come around and support for this season, correct? You're right. Yeah, there's a defined team, and um, gets a little complicated to explain. So. We, we, the first is our big competition of the year. And the first stands for, for inspiration rec- and recognition of science and technology. Yep. Uh, the, this are, it was founded back in um, 1992 officially uh, by Dean Kamen. If uh, oh, yeah. anybody's listened to the, his name, uh, familiar with his name, he is the uh, creator of the Segway. Segway, also, right. And also holds a bunch of medical patents. Um, and honorary degrees. Um, from what I understand, he never actually earned his own college degrees. He just has honorary degrees. Okay. And, and another uh, MIT professor, uh, Woody Flowers, uh, are the two founders that started this in '92. Hmm. Uh, so it's been growing ever since. You know, start back there as a small competition on MIT. Now, uh, I believe there's about seven thousand teams competing. Uh, that will be competing this year across twenty-five countries. Um, oh, it's international. It's international. Oh, I, I didn't. And, uh, okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So it's twenty-five countries, and uh, the, right now the regional and district events are going on. There's about a hundred and nine separate regional events, you know, that are getting prepped uh, to decide who gets to go to the finals. Okay. Okay. So that's what was airing this morning with the live streams, the regional. Right. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So you were watching a couple of the regional events. <laughs> yes. I saw, yeah, Houston and Pens- uh, parts of Pennsylvania. So Boston had one going. There was one in, uh, um, in Illinois. So that those that were on, there were some that were getting ready to air later in California. Okay. All right. So you mentioned you've been doing this for about 15 years, right? As a, as a mentor. Okay. Yes. Um, 
with the teams that you've had, you know, tell us about your team this year or some of the, you know, teams that you've, you've had. And I mean, I'm curious about uh, how you guys get an identity, you know, what's your team name and, you know, what are some of the dynamics that you run into? So, so uh, yes, uh, kind of start from the beginning. Our team began in uh, uh, due to one, one student at a high school, uh, Michael, or was our, I guess our, our first student, he conned his, uh, chemistry and uh i believe the other one was a uh maybe even like an english teacher i'm not okay. positive what they uh kind them into uh sponsoring the uh, the or being the sponsors for their robotics team and agreed to take us to the competition so he you know first team was about 10 12 folks his buddies his friends uh we built in his dad's shop his dad is still a mentor on the team with us even though okay. his son has been out of the program for 13 years or well yeah sorry that's... shouldn't do math and pass 11 years or so okay um, <laughs> you build so, robots can't do math in your head <laughs> yeah that's, that, that's about it uh, so he uh uh so he kind us in got us thing uh, our uh program started uh, he, he's went on uh and uh, now owns his own business so okay first was uh probably some help in getting him to where he is today um it's great. As a matter of fact, we had to call him in last night with some of his uh, technical equipment to do some debugging on our robot last night. So he's still uh, <laughs> uh, still a, a mentor when he's available. Right. But, uh, <laughs> uh, since then, you know, our team's grown. Uh, so the team name we created at that time uh, uh, was we came up with Project Neo. Okay. It was based on the Matrix movies. Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, just named it randomly after something that kids thought was cool. A um, few years later, you know, after the Matrix third one or whichever one came out, yep, you know, yep. kind of kind of lost popularity, and uh, we, so we kind of just redefined our, our name, kept our identity, but uh, created the acronym uh, New Engineering Opportuni- Opportunities. Got it for the Neo now. So, got um, it. That, that worked uh, pretty well to carry on the lineage and uh, kind of huh. get away from. In fact, I'm wearing one of our old robot teams uh shirts here that uh, has a spoon tied in the knot says, you know, there is no spoon oh yes yep <laughs> from the matrix that's great yeah <laughs> we also named some of the robots after uh after characters from the movies for the first few years too okay but, uh, <laughs> so uh from there you know our team's grown we've uh you know grows and shrinks we've probably biggest team maybe about 40 people 40 maybe up to 50 total okay um down to uh you know some of the leaner years you've done to about 20 but uh kept interest throughout the community it keeps you know it kind of grows as well as hmm. uh experience level grows and swells with that and you know there's peaks where the mentors don't do a whole lot of work at all and we just look to the older students and have them mentoring the younger ones and we can relax and talk about our day. Um, right. <laughs> that, that's, that's when we hit the peaks. Uh, and then other years, we're kind of working pretty hard to uh, keep everyone on track, keep them focused, think about the schedule, and then help them help lead them to, uh, you know, how to build, how to solve their problems as they come up. So we've, we've always worked hard to ensure the students are the ones, uh, you know, not only building the robot, designing the robot, but uh, running the program themselves. Let's okay. them have as much rain on the the schedule, the process, the design. You know, every all the uh, components. Uh, 
as much as possible anyways. So for you personally, how hands-on are you? I'm, I'm pretty hands-on because I, I, uh, I'm, I can't hold myself back sometimes. <laughs> I, I, try, I try, but uh, the, uh, no, we really, it, it's hard for me to do this, but, um, you know, got, got to let them do the work and let them work through the answer. So sometimes right. it's very, uh, you know, you have the concept in your mind, you, you think it'll work. Uh, you got to get convince them that that's a concept worth trying and then help them try to, you know, implement it. Uh, and I've, I've always focused more on the mechanical side. Okay. Know? Okay. Um, I did some programming in the early years, but, um, you know, this is the robot is just the vehicle to support, get generating the interest in science and technology. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, that is, that's, could, that's could amazing. Be, could be anything else, but you know, it ha- this brings in tight schedules, um, how do you manage people, time, places? Plus, you got mechanical parts, you got electrical parts. You get we use a lot of pneumatic components. Okay. Um, and then uh, also software. Um, each of the robots have uh, uh, fifth. Each match is fifteen seconds autonomous mode, and then a two and a half minute of uh, actually two minutes and fifteen seconds of teleop mode, where they're actually controlling the robot with a joystick. Now, I'm going to ask this at risk of alienating some of the listeners, but um, because I'm in the software industry, I'm really intrigued. What what are you guys coding in for your programming language? So it, it's it, it currently this year we've uh, using uh, Java. Okay. Uh, we've used C and the pl- C plus plus in the past. We've mm-hmm. used um, LabVIEW. Uh, going back to the early days, there was a program called uh, PBASIC, which was from a company called uh, Parallax. Okay. You know, for a microcontroller level, the computers have involved. So the essentially that first computer, first couple of years was basically the old 8088 microprocessor that was, you know, 15 years old at that time. <laughs> uh, very, very little capacity. Uh, now we're using... I don't, I, I can't, I'm not going to go into specs because I don't know them. Sure. It's called a Robo Rio, but it's a uh, purpose built robot control system computer um, um, that's um, much more complex than what we, we did back in the day. You it's know? almost, it's almost like the cars now. Cars well, have got more so, line of code on them than a jet fighter. A, l- a little bit of, you know, complexity that I, I get to talk about is. Back in the when we started, there was we used no sensors on the robot. Um, any autonomous mode was dead reckoning. Run forward for you know thirty seconds or hundred times through this do loop and stop. Got and, it. You know, okay. Yep. Uh, now hard coded. Hard coded. Uh, you know you could have options go left, go right. You, you selected before the start of the match, and it would just do it once they turn on the field. Uh, now. Um, they we're using um, sensors on the wheels, the any of the arm components. All that is monitored and controlled. The driver can see the feedback on those. We're using um, gyroscopes and uh, mm. uh, navx boat boards to uh, help determine uh, the controls. They've built in uh, PID controllers. It's proportional integrating differential controllers. Okay. And, uh, that kind of the best easy example is the same technology keeps your car working on cruise control. 
Got so it. Use that logic when you command your arm to move to a certain point and uh, you want it to hold there. Okay. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll it'll move it and hold it and monitor the position and correct as required. Got it. That makes sense. You know, with the sensors, when you want to, you know, tell the ro- robot to make a ninety degree turn, it, it can actually measure that and stop it when it was appropriate. As opposed to old days, we just guessed. You know, figured out <laughs> if we ran it for about two and a half seconds. That, you should be 90 degrees. 90 degrees. <laughs> you slip on the carpet, but well, you went some other direction. You know? Right. So. <laughs> Gyroscope is a little more accurate now. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Do you have any team mottos or slogans or philosophies? Some the uh, strict weight limits, size limits, limits on this uh, in this sport are um have to be matted we've had to uh do some surgery on robots at the competition to make weight in the past okay or you know even the last few days of the build season we realized oh no how do you take 100 pound robots and take 10 pound you know 130 pound <laughs> robot and get it down to the 120 competition weight uh. um, and so we've adopted a uh if there's room for a hole you're not done with the part yet so <laughs> as soon as we get it pretty close to done if you can trim away any extra weight we, we'll do that um, if there's room for a hole you're not done yet yeah. um, the, some of that's changed over the, the last few years i'll say that um the technologies in here has grown and the actually the industry around the competition says grown grown so there's some dedicated companies now that are making transmissions that we use in these robots they're they're um, lot more choices on what motors we use and stuff so we are able to build a lighter robot much easier than we could when we started doing this okay that makes uh, sense the uh the way they could kind of level set the the first competition it's common across some of the other competitions we've done also is they manage the you got to use the same computer you got to use the same battery um there's a the, in the motors that are available for use, there's a limited set and limited quantities that you can use. So that keeps most the teams mostly on the same scale. Right? Oh, you mean you when you say going. same, when you say yep. same, meaning across all the teams, across individual all the teams, robots. Yep. So they, uh, you know, the, the, you don't have one team using the, you know, 88 microprocessor still and right. one using okay. this new robot Rio controller. Got it. Have somebody with one 12 volt battery and another one with, you know, four <laughs> lithium battery power packs you're running at, you know, 84 volts or something. Makes you know? sense. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah. so that, that helps level set the field and keeps the competition, you know, more even. Uh, I'll say there's a lot of difference in um, resources for the teams and what they have available within the community to help them in terms of dollars or sponsorships and, um, you know, for instance, some of the teams sponsored by some of the more uh, automotive industries, I guess, up in hmm. your area. Yep, yep. Uh, they have access to huge CNC machines, and, okay, uh, et cetera. You're like, hey, we've designed a park. Can you help us make it? Well, sure. We'll right. Tomorrow, and you have it tomorrow night. <laughs> and then there's and in our team somewhere in the middle, but there's uh, there's a lot of teams that are still you know, building in somebody's garage and especially the rookie teams. That's oh. one thing that one thing that's always interesting at the competition that our team has always tried to help with and, and, um, uh, get them 
there's typically a team or two that shows up with um, some kind of robot chassis put together, the motors kind of sort of mounted on there. <laughs> um, you know, it's almost a box of parts, oh. honestly. Um, okay. Um, and mo- multiple times we've been uh, able to, you know, get them going, help them out, and get something on the field for it. With oh, how nice. Okay. Uh, All right. Get them in the competition. Uh, we've had some years where – uh, those teams have uh, actually ended up higher ranking than us. <laughs> the, the, the team, the team you helped, <laughs> the team we helped. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been it's happened to more than once. Where, <laughs> wait a minute, how the how are they ranked number you know eighteen and we're twenty four? Right. <laughs> um, and so actually, I should mention at these regional events, there's typically about forty five to fifty teams competing. Okay. Um, so, in uh. As you saw this morning, looking at some of those regional events, they try to make it as you know exciting and yeah. entertaining as a yep. sporting event, and that's one of the goals. Of first, is get that interest in science and technology by um, you know making it interesting, making it as popular and fun to be at as right. uh, a sporting event. So right, it's not just the learning, but you are competing, but it's also very you know collaborative. It sounds like well, it's a collaborative environment. You everybody try to uh, you know first uses the phrase uh cooperation okay uh, and gracious professionalism so no i like especially, that especially when you're in the pit you know um you're helping out your partners your other teams um you know if somebody needs a part everybody's looking for see if they have a spare got it um, you know yeah uh, the uh, you know and then even on the field you know with the gracious professional i guess you're um it, you, the goal is not to destroy the other team. So I wanted to talk about that. Okay, yeah. So because so, you said battle bots when you your first entry into this. So so you're not out trashing all of this technology in the field, right? No. So it uh, the the game event is uh, typically a, well, it's typically at least recently years. It's a, a three on three sporting event kind of competition. It's ranged in things from uh, throwing, picking up and throwing frisbees, um, you know, throwing things as big as like the 30, 40 inch um, yoga balls. Mm, uh, okay. There's been a basketball kind of game, a couple of games where you had to like, pick up big, you know, uh, large size plastic totes and move them and stack yes. them. Yeah. Um, so every year it, it, they do the simulcasts in January and say, here, here's the game for this year and that's simulcast so no matter where you're, where in the world you're at you get the rules at the same time got it and they've also already published the uh rules for the season but they're locked so at the end of the introduction they uh, uh publish uh publish the code to unlock the documents and you can uh, begin planning your robot at that point okay okay and, uh, so Excuse me. So they, they have, synchronize it. Synchronize the start point for everybody. The um, you can start deciphering the rules from that moment on in terms of you know how, how, what size your robot has to be every year. Generally, the dimensions are about a thirty by thirty inch base and less than five foot tall and about one hundred twenty pounds. But every year they're a little different. They've changed it a couple times. Um, 
during the match after that's the starting configuration during the match quite often you can expand to be much larger um but so you you can't plan ahead too much at all uh we we do we're pretty much a year-round team now so we do some off season work but you can't really start building anything to help you in the next season yeah until you know the rules and then uh we'll spend at least probably the first week out of a six-week competition to define the requirements, figure out, you know, um, which of the users typically several methods to score. You have to figure out which uh, you're, you're going to try to complete all the tasks and be able to score each way. Maybe pick a couple. Oh, I better. see. Your scoring you strategy. Everything. Um, as I said, it's usually a three and three event. Um, so you're going to depend on your partners to do, do uh, you know, maybe they do one thing good and you can do another. All right. Yeah. Okay. The interesting thing about the way they set up is you don't know who your partners are. Uh, oh. So seating matches are all randomly paired. We go in, they lay out um, probably at an event, we probably get four or five practice matches, but then this actual seating matches probably do about 10 to 12 of those. Okay. Over, uh, over about. Uh, day and a half period so they're they're coming pretty quick in between matches you know usually half hour to 45 minutes you'll be back out on the field hmm. um and you, during that time you'll look at who's your next match who, who's your opponents in the next match and who's your two alliance partners so what's and, an alliance partner okay so you're um the during seed management, they define the alliance partners. Um, so it'd be two other robotics team plus yours makes up your alliance. Got it. Okay. If you notice in the match, they use a red and a blue alliance. They, so that is right. Out your, by change out the bumpers on your robot, it helps you keep track of who's who. Okay. Um, but uh, so the bumper, you know, are red and blue. Yep. You, you have to build two sets of those. And, I saw that. All right. And so you meet up with your, uh, you know, teammate your new alliance partners figure out your strategy and your strategy based on who you're actually competing against uh go out do your uh two and a half minute match on the field um and then basically go back and start that whole process over again real quick because you're going to be back out in the field meanwhile part of your team's in the pit trying to repair any damage swap out the battery um, yeah you know check for any uh damages kind of you always have to look for, you know, loose nuts and bolts and stuff to just loosen up and stuff. The belts right. slip, chain tensioners, etc. Huh. Um, huh. So it's it's pretty fast and serious <laughs> in the pits. Um, I mentioned bumpers when we first uh, when we first started this, bumpers didn't exist, and that really made the game exciting. Because so a bumper is literally a a protective, uh, yes. you know, shield, if you will, around the yes. so lower the, part. But you're look around the lower part of the robot. You have uh, basically a three-quarter inch board with the pool noodles on top of it. So you get about a, <laughs> you end up with about a three-inch wide padded bumper around the bottom of your robot that uh, pre- prevents a lot of damage. Um, okay. In the early early right. days, you, we would you know literally cave in the aluminum chassis and be out there you know with hammers oh. straighten it back out, which you know, made it pretty darn exciting. Right. Um, yeah, I kind of missed that. I bet. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of exciting and fun. Now uh, the bumpers reduce a lot of the damage, but they're still, you know, a lot of these designs have long arms that stick out in front. 
backsides. You sometimes get knocked over. Um, well, the intent is not to, you know, beat up and knock out your uh, opponent. It's um, right. There is vigorous interaction. At times. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's there's rules. Well, you you know, you can't pin them for more than five seconds. I think um, you know you can't intentionally attack them. And some sometimes some areas you can't touch them at all. Okay. Like they're trying to line up and score at a, you know some of the areas this year. If you touch them, that's a foul on you. So got it, got it. Ah, wow. <laughs> Let me ask: um, for all the years you've been doing this, tell me one thing you dislike and one thing you like the most about uh, being involved. So, so I, I talked some about uh, two dislikes already. I guess you know sometimes that uh, the resources available to some of the teams. Uh, uh, causes a you know some disproportionate uh, uh designs of robots etc not so much the design yep. but the capabilities that they're able to build um some of the teams are uh just by location um teams in the michigan area in particular michigan is a hotbed for first if you if you don't know okay that. it, it right. is uh very very popular in all the schools up there um they have uh district events up there which are somewhat smaller than a regional event, but that allows them to go to multiple events. Got it. So uh, a lot of teams are capable of going to two or three competitions, but two or three are the regional events. And each one, you know, you, you spend a, a, a weekend on the battlefield. Uh, you yep. come out of there, you know, everything's debugged, everything's fixed. You go to the next competition, you're that much better. Uh the um okay as opposed to, you know part of it for geographic for us we're stuck in the middle of the desert here and it's it's a trip to go anywhere <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and um our mentors are not capable of taking off you know multiple right. days off work for weeks right. in a row to uh go do this competition but uh got it you know but that's that's just the life is life and nobody yep. promises yep. it's fair right um, <laughs> so I, and i, I, I kind of regret uh you know, the bumpers being on there that, uh, they, uh, you know, take away some part of the, uh, urgency and Thrill. repairs, thrills of competition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm just as happy in the pit as I am setting up on the, watching them, uh, watching the matches. So, uh, <laughs> in fact, a lot of, a lot of times I've been, I've missed seeing our team compete cause I've been, you know, helping somebody else's team. Hmm. Um, you know, wow. While, while that's really, that's really admirable, Rick. Yeah, huh. that's, that's been our team's attitude. Um, we've always done that. Um, so one of the highlights I'll talk about, um, one of our former uh, students, um, he kind of started early. He was uh, a couple years younger than he was supposed to be to be officially on the team, but his older brother is on the team. His parents were mentors. Um, so, um, But he became our coder. And, mm. and uh, especially he was not only a couple of years younger, but he was small for his age. Um, okay. So they had teams coming around. Hey, we heard you got your autonomous mode running. Can you, can you help us with your, with our, with our code? <laughs> uh, yeah, just a minute. Let me, let me, uh, let me get in here when he, uh, when he's got a free minute and then come over <laughs> to, to the other mentors on the team, bring in, um, you know, 12 year old uh kid that's about uh <laughs> not, not even four foot tall and he'd uh just a minute sit down fix their code everything <laughs> oh, 
that's so, that is great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. but and I, I guess um, you know things <clears> I like. You, you get to see the kids from quite often. You know, from at least freshman year, sometimes earlier up through senior or sometimes senior plus because we got quite a few of them that have stayed around and done some mentoring okay some, some are doing a lot of mentoring still that are still in the area uh, you know so they you get to send them from go from i don't know how to hold a screwdriver to design and <laughs> building parts and running you know machine tools oh, um oh. you know right and co- um you know some of their graduates are uh well, they're still in college. They're building, uh, designing satellites now that are going to be launched mm. here soon. That's, you got, that's, yeah, you got wow. Kids that are uh, running their own business. Um, hmm. Some that have went off to, uh, several that have went off to MIT, some of the, like Harvard, okay. uh, WPI. They're uh, going wow. off to big name schools coming out of here. Yeah. Some, and some yeah. part of that is first. A lot of it's just who they are to begin with. Sure. I'm not, not going to claim you know, credit for that. But, yeah, uh, but seeing that, right? I mean, yeah. just being, knowing you had some possible influence with that type of academic, you know, you know, launch, that's, that's really great to hear. That's, that's inspiring. Huh. Huh. Yeah. I mean, you know, then it, you, you know, like I said, we, we lead them to possible solutions that they get to try. Um, right. And, and you get to, you know, you start with how, you know, they ask, well, how do we do this? Or first, usually they ask, can we do this? And we say, I don't know. What does the rule say? <laughs> and they go look at the rules and figure out, ask their friends, figure out, yes, that's legal or not. Okay. And okay, now if you're going to do it, how do you do it? Um, and, you know, for some period of dropping hints and getting them one step closer when you see that light bulb come on and they uh, say, like, oh, I know why you, why we're doing that or why we can't do it that way. Um, and uh, that's pretty cool to see. What's um? Let, let's come down a level. Give give us a, a real micro example of something really complex that the kids designed that was really surprising to you. Can you think of anything that was just like, wow, they pulled this off? I can't yeah. believe it. Well, you know, it's there's been lots of those, and some of the small ones are just as hard as the bigger things. Um, okay. The, um, so this this year, um, we our, our robot has to be able to pick up. Uh, basically they're milk crates milk mm-hmm. crates covered with a uh, uh, nylon cover we have to okay. pick those up and lift them up on the platforms that are uh, up to six feet in the air okay all right uh, you got some low scoring areas you got some high scoring areas but the highest one is up six feet high um, and the hard limitation on that is the robot cannot extend beyond the frame of the perimeter by more than 16 inches at any time the perimeter uh, of what the perimeter of the base of the robot so you oh. can't stick out more than 16 inches in front back sideways from the robot this year other Got years it. we've been able to stick out you know 10 feet but right okay um so um and we've built you know the obvious solution to this is what picks up boxes and stacks them up pie is something like a forklift Mm-hmm. we've built several forklifts over the years, um, varying levels of success, uh, wanted to do something different. Uh, some of our, uh, some of the mentors are opposed to, uh, forklifts cause they're complicated. <laughs> um, so, so they wanted to do a, a swing arm, 
you know, just basically, basically an iron, pick it up on the floor, lift it up. Well, got it. Fit within that parameter, we needed something that's a uh, provides a, you know a near vertical lift. You can't go swing way out. You have to go almost straight up and down. Okay. Um, so one way to do that is a uh, you can design a four bar linkage to do that. Um, for any engineers out there, break out your kinematics books from college. But um, so. Um, basically you start by sketching where you think the arm should be in a low position and where do you want it when it's up at the high position and by doing some uh, graphical solutions is the easiest way for me to solve them mm -hmm. and uh, the uh, I'm sorry there's a train coming through here no worries it's, it's kind of charming <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's so, delivering parts <laughs> all right uh, if he stops blowing the horn I think we'll be okay so um, you, you define the lower position, the higher position, do some graphical uh, solution on that and come up with a, an approximate design. And we could show that just on paper that, yeah, that looks about right. Uh, but from there, you know, once the kids understood how, you know, what I was drawing for them, how, was, how that was going to work um, and how you, you know, could figure out if it could actually stay within all the requirements and rules uh, on size, et cetera. Uh, yep. They took. They were able to take what was a pencil drawn design in ten minutes on a piece of paper, uh, draw it up in CAD, um, and then began tweaking the design. You know, what if I move this arm, this connection point up a little? What if I lengthen this arm a little bit to help refine it and get it much closer to where they uh, it would work? Um, yeah, and then. Uh, did the, they actually built a prototype of that, um, you know, kind of a rough, uh, some aluminum tubes, some bolts through it, and <laughs> manually raise it up and down until you like, does that work? Does that work? You know, what's wrong? Uh, tweak the points until they come up with, you know, what we ended up with is an arm that works uh, surprisingly well. Um, and uh, the key point is it only takes you know, one motor to control the movement of all the uh, all of the three bars that are actually moving on the robot, I know, the, see, um, and, and get that vertical motion they were after. Um, Got it. While staying within that perimeter range, yeah, right? And then also yeah. this, yeah. And also this year, um, they've bought uh, we got transmissions that are uh, actually have a, a power takeoff drive like you might have on a tractor. Okay. So you, you know, using the same motors going through the same transmission, you can start powering a separate shaft. Um, and we're going to, we use that for the winch part that actually at the end of the game, if you can hook onto a bar and lift your robot off the ground, you get additional <laughs> points for that. Um, so, uh, so the arm, uh. arm was designed to deliver a hook to that <clears throat> bar. And basically we use a winch mechanism to lift from there. The, um, but the transmissions, the, they're specifically designed to have that power takeoff capability which is really okay. handy. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't stop the wheels from driving. So when you're trying to winch, it would be driving at the same time. And we decided that we, we, we want to disable that feature. So they were able to uh, come up with ah. a, the, uh, you know, by looking at the design of the transmission, figuring out how it works. Um, and then uh, does they design, designed and printed a 3d part uh, that, swings into and blocks part of the transmission mechanism and keeps it into a neutral position got it so they use, yeah. 
So now you have a, a separate servo that uh, we call it a neutralizer, high tech mm-hmm. name. Yeah, it makes sense. It's <laughs> functionally named. Yep. So it pushes the neutral uh, neutralizer, uh, electrical servo pushes the neutralizer into position, forces a neutral. But to make that work, then they had to you know work with the programming team and have them get the right sequence down. So basically, they have to shift the transmissions into high, push the neutralizers neutralizers into place, then try to shift into low, and that blocks it. So they, uh, you know, that's a routine now. One mouse button that turns on the PTO will also make sure the transmissions are all configured at the same time. Got it. So, got it. Uh, folks, you got to be geeking out on this stuff. You got to be totally seeing what's going on here. This yeah. is great. So yeah, this, this is some really um, uh, high tech stuff. It's really cool yeah. to see the kids do it, and they they put on the competitions like. Uh, you know, major sporting events, music playing all throughout. Um, so, you know, for sure, I'd encourage anybody that uh, thinks this sounds cool at all to, you know, go out on the uh, FIRST website. It's uh, firstinspires.org. Okay, um, firstinspires.org, yeah. And um, it's a little complicated, but if you look under uh, the FIRST Robotics uh, section, FRC, you can uh, find a competition, and there's a good chance there's one somewhere in your area. You could probably go see this weekend or next weekend. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah literally. Well, speaking of that, so let's let's switch gears, no pun intended, from technical to day of competition. Sure. So um, where, do you, where do you have to go this year, again, you said, for your Oops. regional? So we're going down to El Paso, Texas. El Paso. Okay, about yeah. 50 miles from you. All right, so bring us, bring us to day before, day of. Yeah, so um, the competition overall is a, a three-day competition. So it starts on a Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so picture 46 teams of people trying to get in the same building at the same time. Teams range in size from... 10 or 15 students up to 50 to 80 students. Okay. Um, Going into the pits area, they they limited access initially just because otherwise you couldn't function. Uh, So you get to bring in one mentor and three or four students initially. You can wheel in your toolboxes, get them to your pit, your toolboxes and your robots, get them into your pit area and and start, uh, getting it ready for the competition so all right. uh, you got some folks just trying to get the, the the pit organized and set up so they give you an area about 10 foot by 10 foot square hmm. um, pretty small but gets really cramped um, and you know through the hallways between all these little subdivided up cubicle areas are you know there's robots there's toolbox going by <laughs> typically the events <laughs> folks are still wheeling some stuff around trying to get set up on all day thursday um so it's it, it's a organized chaos are, is the best it could be. Are the kids usually stressed at this point? You know they're not. Um, it's um, th- there's there's always a few that are, um, you know, usually the, the 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 probably the key leader positions are, are a little more stressed that oh we got to get this in and we got to get it going. Most of the rest are, you know, hey we're going to competition and this is cool. They know they have tasks to do. But right. it's not that uh, 
Okay. Form, I think. All right. Um, okay. So you're you're trying to get your robot. One one thing they enacted a few years ago, and this is how we're still driving our robot around and still perfecting the design. Um, I don't know if I made that clear early. So from the kickoff till the the end of the build season is six weeks long. So, so that kickoff is in January. Right. So mid February is the February twenty first or something this year. I think it was twenty second. Uh, was the end of the build season at which point you have to seal your robot in a plastic bag with a number oh. with a number tag on it seal it up and you're not you can't touch that part until you get to competition wow so uh, a few years <laughs> ago a few years ago they enacted a rule that said well you can take 30 pounds of your robot and keep working on it and so this year what we did is we built another chassis <laughs> and we took the arm off of the uh, off the robot. That's our thirty pound weight limit, and bolted that arm on there and continued to build and develop our our uh, arm and refine all Got that. Got it. Get the sensors on it right. Get them working right, et cetera. Uh, get the programming right because programmers never get any real time on the real robot until some point very late in the season. Um, okay. So. Um, Hmm, and this is you know, all within the rules and legal. Um, sure, and sure. It's one of those things that newer teams probably wouldn't have the resources to do unless they really have some good sponsorship and funding even to buy, you know, two sets of transmissions and two computers and extra batteries and, and all <laughs> that. Um, you know, some of that is we've accumulated over the years, too. Um, right, right. Yeah. Your veteran status gives you some but, some benefits well, we, here. Yeah, we have, we have uh, you know, rooms dedicated to spare parts. And we've also got last year's robot and the year before's. And some of those mm. are still useful for prototyping or attaching things to or practice programming on at the same time. So, Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Clever. Yeah. We, we always try to keep one robot running for demonstrations, always. So we always have last year's work in, you know, in pretty good shape still. Um, okay. The, um, but so day one, we get the pit set up, we get the robot over to yep. the inspection center uh, team and they got going through in detail. Did you use the right size motor for this amp circuit? Do you got the, the, their compressor set right so that the safety is all made? Uh, is there any sharp points that are going to cut people? Got to take care of those. Check your mm-hmm. weight, check your uh, size limits, um, and quite often uh, you uh, you have to go back and adjust something. I'd say you okay. always have to. You rarely ever make it all the way through everything without <laughs> uh, you know something. You know, I hate the you know minimal is like yeah, there's a couple sharp points there. You know, go cover those or file them down, make them smooth so we're not getting cut or scraped. Right. Uh, right. And I, I believe late on Thursday, well, yeah, on Thursday they'll have some practice matches going. So if you've made it through at least the base level of an inspection, you don't have to have a final okay, but if you're safe enough that nobody's going to get uh, seriously injured yeah, by up. it, or, you know, you know, then, you, then you go out in the field and hit a practice round or two. Um, and that's pretty much day one. It's just all getting okay. set up and some practice rounds. Day two, you start your seating matches, like I've talked earlier about. Right. Yep. So this yep. is your random pairing with two other teams. Which... Probably b- between uh, Friday and Saturday morning, you get ten to twelve uh, seating matches. Okay. Um, 
you know, and all the while, especially early on, you're you're working out bugs on every match. And each match is about two and a half minutes, you said? Right. Two and a half minutes. Okay. So, all right. Um, it goes really quick, you, you know, and you try to catch, hey, you know, times mode, he, it didn't go quite straight when it was supposed to go straight. You know, what happened? Uh, right. You know, during the competition, we tried to hook the bar and uh, our hook disconnected too early. So how do we fix that? And, you know, there's mm. always something to uh, tweak. Yeah, refine. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Um, so that goes, um, um, you know, through the day, um, Friday and Saturday. Also, That's... Friday through Saturday at noontime or so. All the while there is, um, and I almost missed this, the judges are coming through. Then they're talking to the folks in the pit. Tell us about your robot. Tell us about your team. Um, there are specific uh, uh, judges for specific areas. So there's the, you know, some that are focused on the um, how your team operates. Some are, you know, how the robot works. Uh, specifically, Underwriters Laboratory does the safety for all of this. So they have their hmm. inspectors come through and talk to you about safety and what do you, your team do to keep yourself straight, um, you know, uh, keep yourself safe, um, check it. to make sure you have a battery spill kit and a fire extinguisher, that your working area is clean. Um, they're also looking for different uh, judges, you know, just your team spirit and whether you're living up to the uh, cooperation and gracious professionalism. Right. Um, yep. Uh, so, there are several awards that you can win um, uh, for other just, things than just the robot on the floor. Got it. I and, didn't realize that. And I say what one thing uh, that we hadn't talked about is the there's a chairman's award. Uh, th- that okay. is, that is the top award for a regional event, um, and that has almost nothing to do with your robot at all. So it's about your community outreach, how you're spending. Um, you know, spreading uh, science and technology throughout your community. Uh, yep. And, uh, you know, um, communicating your ideas to, you know, the community and stuff. Um, we've make, we make a lot of progress trying to work towards that award. Um, sometimes when you hear the teams that actually win it, you're like, there's no way. <laughs> but we keep trying. <laughs> uh, right. In particular, a couple of years ago, there was a team that had uh, – sponsored distance educations to several schools in Mexico uh, through like a online TV channel teaching classes for them. Really? Wow. 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 Pretty impressive stuff, you know? Yeah. All Uh, right. So what we, what we've done, um, we do sponsor a Lego league competition for uh, younger kids. Basically, I think it's eight to 14 year olds. Okay. Something in that neighborhood anyways. Um, where they do a similar type competition, but they just use smaller robots built out of Legos on a four by four foot by eight foot playing field, as opposed to our field is basically the size of a basketball arena. Um, so it's that wow, it's that big. Okay, yeah, yeah the aerial view that I watched on the live cast yeah. this morning, I couldn't really tell the, I couldn't get an appreciation yeah. for the yeah. dimensions. So I, okay, I, I believe it's the same size as a basketball court. 27 foot okay. wide by 57 foot long. Hmm. Okay. So All um, right. the, um, but so we, we've put on that event and we've had done that for the last four years, I believe uh, with 
40 teams of 10 students going through that each year. Hmm. Uh, so about 400 students per year um, compete in that competition where they do a robot competition, they do a project, and then they do a thing called a challenge where they don't know what they're going to do until they get into the room and they just get assigned a task and have to show cooperation and leadership and figure yeah. out how to accomplish the yeah. task. Um, so we try for the champions award. It's a, it's a very hard goal, but that is actually the highest award that, that, hmm. that okay. getting that will get you to the finals. The only other way That's to great. get there is by winning the actual competition on the floor. Okay. All right. With the box. And that's your wow. second level award. Um, <laughs> and our, our team has never made it. We've been close. We've after our rookie year. We were second place. Um, okay. Do it to, I think it was maybe our best finish ever. Um, hmm. But uh, we've been close several times. We just haven't been able to actually win that final, final match, you know? Uh, that's, it sounds so really well-rounded and they're motivating, not just the, mm-hmm. you know, the science and technology, but just the, you know, behavioral and the community part. I, li- I like that. That's, it's got both sides of the, you know, how they're going to interact with people. So, Can I ask you, Rick? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was, I was going to jump back to just finish up the competition d- description. There. Yes. So, um, on, on, so Friday, that, that pretty much carries us up till Saturday afternoon and right after lunch, they bring the top eight seated team captains out on, on the arena floor. So um, they get, um, so based on their 12 or so competi- uh, seating matches, these are the teams that are ranked um, the be- best out of the, out of the 46 or so. Um, this is where they get to pick their alliance partners to go into the finals. And they get uh, so, ah, so no, they you got to have three teams, okay. right? So um, yeah, they get to pick from any of the teams out there um, who gets to be, you know, their partners going in the finals. Um, and they do it. Um, what what is interesting is team one, the number one seeded team, quite often, typically says, "I'd like the second seeded team to be my partner." <laughs> okay, and they. You know, so everybody moves up one step then. So, got it, got uh, it. And, you know, the, now what was the third-seeded team, Dell picks what was the fourth-seeded team, and they become partners. So really, if mm. you're top 12 or so teams, there's potential that you're going to be a team captain. Okay. Um, and, and then you get to pick, you know, eventually you, you ends up with 24 teams that go into the final competitions. And then it's just, a, it. you know, a, a normal quarterfinal um quarterfinal type tree structure just like it's going on with okay. March Madness here, yep. you know? Yep, yep. Um, Play build, build your tree and okay. see who's going to win. Uh, I, I think, uh, <laughs> first, does, uh, uh, first does play two out of three, you know, best best out of uh, uh, three competitions in the final. So you get, uh, you get at, at each step, you get mm. at least two attempts. Two, right, uh, right. You know, okay. if you, if you pot two or possibly three, if you manage to, uh, you know, end up with a tie. Um, going into those so uh, yeah, that, that you know that's where you, you you really see the you know the best performing robots on the on the field the the ones that are having problems and um uh, you know don't make it to that level typically but okay. the, uh, right uh, yeah you gotta be but, uh, even, even be at str- those there's always upsets uh i mentioned uh, the first rookie year um our partner our alliance partner um 
I don't remember exactly what happened, but basically the robot got uh, stuck in the middle, and they, they spent most of the match uh, sitting at the edge of the field, kind of wiggling around. Oh, and we lost by oh. only a few points. So, you know, if they would have been able to even just to get in the other team's way some, you know, slow right. down, it would have probably made a difference. But, uh, you know, it happens. <laughs> you know, we've, we've been that yep. robot before. We're uh, one of the other years where we had to climb. Uh, we hooked our rope, climbed the winch, and then circuit breaker blew. And, you know, we're, we're, we're gradually falling to the ground as the, oh. as the time runs out. And, you know, once you touch the ground, that's it, you know. You know right. Yeah. The, you can't do anything. The circuit breaker enough would have applied enough power through breaking <laughs> that it would have just, it would have, it was, it would have stopped us. But that blew. Right. And we just watch it, you know, you're up there, you know, three seconds to spare. And the last three seconds, it just starts going down. You know, well, well, uh. you know, that's it. <laughs> It was a good run. <laughs> I'm sorry, I kind of interrupted you. You were going to ask me something. Oh no, you, you were talking about just the the different awards and recognition. So, with you having mentored, um, anything that you or your peers on the teams have you guys received? I don't know if they recognize different mentoring skills yeah. or so, uh, individual helpers. Yeah, so there there is uh, in. One one of the things about first is you know there's there's the mentors that work with the team like I do yeah yeah um, also there's um, volunteers that are the judges the, the field setup uh, just helping out at the game events helping out throughout the season to get the entire event to happen um, mm-hmm. so they do an award for you know volunteer of the year at least at, at every regional um, okay so uh, the folks that are doing that side of the work kind of more i guess the operation side keeping the, the event running um, but for the mentors there's a uh, award called the woody Flo- woody flowers award which uh, you mentioned one of the two right he was one of founders, the founders right one of the founders okay uh, he's uh I'll, I'll talk about our high school days here just a little bit lenny um <laughs> Woody Flowers. <laughs> no, is a, no, we won't. <laughs> uh, Woody Flowers is a uh, similar personality, I believe, to uh, Mr. Hesse. I'm right with you, so, and we'll have uh, another episode to explain the Hess. <laughs> yeah, so uh, somewhat, somewhat of a, uh, a, an old hippie still, and uh, yeah, he uh, uh, is uh, you know definitely a, a key uh, component of this game still. Uh, okay. Yeah, but uh, so the award is named after him. Uh, in 2004, when we went to Denver, uh, the students uh, nominated me as their uh, mentor that best inspires, uh, you know, uh, engineering concepts and leadership. Uh, okay. And uh, they selected me as a winner. So. And and you were still focused on the mechanical aspects and things yeah, so like that, it, like it, you do today. Yeah, it's primarily mechanical spot. It's about there. Right. So, um, oh. to have a, a group of students pick you as, you know, somebody for that level of respect. Absolutely. A lot. Um, oh. <laughs> you compete against, uh, you know, forty teams, a couple mentors each, four or five mentors each. Right. Um, right. It, it, that's a big honor. Absolutely! Wow, so, yeah, that's um, 2004. That's yeah, that's a great. Well, see, there's some of your pent up engineering. Yeah, get, <laughs> come get to, to fruition. That so, um, <laughs> oh, that's so, wonderful. Um, and, uh, side note, I want to put out there about uh, Woody Flowers this year. Um, uh, and uh, you know, kids' use of technology. I guess I'll throw that in there. 
uh, they did wanted to name our uh, robot Woodrow Flora this year. I don't know exactly <laughs> how they came up with that concept. Okay. That's where they ended up. Me and another mentor here kind of went, um, you know, not sure if that'll be seen as funny or cute or whether it might be disrespectful. I, you know, maybe you ought to pick something else. Right. And uh, one of the students goes, well, I'll just ask Woody. I, I bet he has a Twitter account. <laughs> Looks him up on Twitter, shoots him a note. Uh, Woody comes back. I'd be honored if you named your robot Woodrow Flora. Oh, you know? that's great. That is great, Rick. <laughs> that was for this year. This, this year's year. robot. This year. <laughs> so uh, we do have uh, a printout of that fl- framed in our, uh, uh, you know, building room, our shop area. Right. Right. Now. right. Uh, that was his go- reply. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll make sure that's uh, hanging in our pit down here in El Paso. Because <laughs> it, it, it's one of those you, you do want to make sure that everybody knows that we check that and it's not disrespectful. Right. You know. Right. Right. Got it. Okay. Plus, you know, it doesn't hurt to. You know, yeah, you got you got touched by one of the founders. That's pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, um, I know um, we're almost wrapping up on time. Let me ask you. Um, I just kind of a question about two two last questions. Okay. Um, we've talked a lot about science and technology, so I want your advice. Being a mentor with you know the whole STEM programs that are across the nation, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. What's one piece of advice you give to any parents or kids that are listening? Well, uh, for sure, you know, science and technology is the, the, the going to be a growing field for many more years. Uh, so career path wise, it's a great thing for getting interested. But even if they're you're not don't think you're interested in science, technology, et cetera, uh, encourage them to try. Go go try some event other than uh, other than basketball and band and all the right. other activities that are out there. Sure. Um, Go, go give one of these uh, one some type of STEM thing a try. There's uh, other aspects they'll be exposed to that'll be important in life. Okay. How do you manage the schedule? How do you complete the project in time? How do you deal with other people when you, they, uh, <laughs> they don't want to do what you want to do to build something? Uh, okay. you know, as opposed to a lot of other events that uh, things that are kids are involved with in schools. Um, the STEM programs are probably the ones that are most likely with, here's your problem. How are you going to fix it? As right. opposed to, uh, you know, do, do laps run faster. Right. Here, here, sure. here's, the, here's techniques that you use for, you know, I'm not a sports guy, so I can't tell you, but, you know, <laughs> I used to wrestle. Okay. You know, here's how you do these uh, takedowns, moves, et cetera. You know, they, it, there's not a lot of uh, personal how do you do it struggling yeah it's not a playbook you discuss with the the rest of the team how do i how do i do this part you know how are we going to do this so it's it's certainly it sounds like there's a lot of critical you know problem solving critical thinking and you push them it's a good way that you kind of that socratic method you know ask the questions to lead them to to how they you know get to their own typically that's how we go you know it's yeah can we do this I don't know what the rules say. <laughs> Go <Yeah>. read up. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, yeah, I know you mentioned a couple of websites. So just for reference for those uh, that are able to hear this while the season is still uh, hot for 2018. But wh- how can people read about this again on, so, uh, uh, for, uh, uh, with the first program? A, oh, I'll put out a couple. So our team, our team is uh, First Robotics Team 1164. And the team number is correlated to when your team has entered the competition. So we've been okay. around for a long time. 
there's teams named it up to in the seven thousands now. Um, the um, so, wow. but our team name is Project Neo, and our website is projectneo.net. Okay. Um, the um, and there's some photos of our past seasons there. Uh, a little bit of what we've done over the years. It's a um, kind of a site under construction uh, always, but there's, there's some useful <laughs> stuff there. Aren't um, they always? And then. Um, <clears throat> firstinspires.org is the overall okay. first um, uh, website. And, and, and that's the global organization site that helps right, that, bring all this together yeah, yeah. to all so the that, communities. That's a, that's a global, you know, international competition there. And it's competitions from, oh, and I mentioned we do the Lego League for uh, 8 to 14 year olds, but there's Junior FLL, First Lego League, I'm sorry, that's yep. even um, for the younger kids. And that's um, pretty much they get to build something and explain what they build. It's an expo. It's a show, not so much competition. Got it. Uh, so from early ages on all the way up through high school, there's uh, a really well-established uh, robotics program there that's good for the students. And for anybody else that would like to think uh, mentoring a team, helping a team, even just going down and visiting them, um, you know, you could do some searching on there, All right. uh, and you should be able to find some teams in the area. Another resource for locating teams is uh, it's called Blue Alliance. Okay. Dot org. No dot. I'm not sure of the dot on there. Search for it's... Blue Alliance. You'll probably okay. find it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, and that's another way to find teams. Yeah, that, 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 that's more about teams, their history, their location, their school. You can um, you know, kind of work through that to find a team in your area. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, I, in, you know, having known you since uh, middle school, I know you're close to retirement. Um, um, you're going to stay with this? You're probably gonna do more of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stay with it. Um, we'll we'll see where it goes. I, I, I may take on a little bit more involvement on some other aspects of it. Um, mainly, give, given work, I, I focus on the high school level competition. I support yeah. the uh, the Lego competition that we put on by uh, serving as the judge advisor, but I'm not too involved with everything leading up to the event and um, there's a ton of work that goes on just with that. Um, so, uh, you know, there may be some increased involvement uh, make sure I get <laughs> out of the house some in, in retirement, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be uh, yeah. Way, it'll be instead of beyond your day job, it'll be your, <laughs> my play job. Yeah. <laughs> Just, absolutely. Oh, Rick, this has been great for those who've been, with us all the way through this thanks for hanging on because uh let's hope this inspires some of your questions for your kids or if any of you are able to invest uh your own middle school high school um curiosity areas check out what type of uh, programs first brings to your school uh it's 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 respectful it's honorable and you heard rick talk earlier about some of the success that these past players have had and uh it's a well-rounded holistic program so it's been an honor hearing the details from you rick on this all right well thanks for having me lonnie appreciate it. it thank you and you've been listening to beyond my day job with lonnie miller with tonight's special guest rick pierce rick thanks again all right thanks lonnie right. bye-bye <laughs>